0: We'll close with one more thing tonight, and we'll continue the rest next week. Seated in the heavenly places in Christ, this is extremely important for every Christian to know and understand, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare and confronting this particular spirit, the Jezebel spirit, or any demonic spirits. Let me start by saying we're not so much going towards the victory, we're coming from the victory. Let me say that again. We're not so much going towards the victory, we're coming from the victory. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus Christ has already suffered, shed his blood, died on the cross, was buried and rose again to destroy all the power of Satan, demons and kingdom of darkness. Can I get an amen? And he has given us, the church, that same authority, power, and victory. And therefore, we're not so much going towards a victory, we're coming from a victory, the victory of Christ, which he's given us over the enemy. And all it's a matter of is seeing the manifestation of that victory in the natural realm. And there are certain things we have to know, understand, and do by the power of God to see that victory in the natural realm or in our own lives, families, and circumstances. In other words, you need to receive and apply it to your life. That's why it's so important to know and walk in obedience to the Word of God. The Word of God tells you everything. You need to know about this and plus so much more. The first thing every believer must know and understand in order to overcome the enemy is Jesus Christ has already fought and won not only the battle, but the war against Satan, demons, and the kingdom of darkness on Calvary approximately 2,000 years ago. And he's given us that same authority, power, and victory over the enemy. Now, some may ask, if this is the case, why do we still have to contend with the enemy? Well, first of all, there's an appointed time when God will cast the enemy into the lake of fire for all eternity. And it's not time for that yet, but the time is quickly approaching. Secondly, Jesus Christ has already provided that authority, power, and victory for us, but we have to receive, appropriate, or use it. So really the question isn't why do we have to contend with the enemy? Why do we have to contend with this spirit? Why do we have to contend with that spirit? While we're still asking these questions, those same spirits are beating us down. We're too busy spending too much time asking, why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have to deal with that? Why do I have to deal with this spirit? Why do I have to deal with that spirit? Lord, what are you doing about it? Why haven't you done anything? Why haven't you said anything? And yet God has done everything he can and has to do to give us that authority, power, and victory over the enemy. It's not up to God. I said it's not up to God you hear people say, oh, it's up to God. It's up to God. It's up to God. In certain cases, it is up to God. In other cases, it's not up to God. In other cases, it's up to you and me. It's up to the church to use the authority, power, and victory he's given us over the enemy. And if we don't use it, we're going to keep being beaten down. Don't ask, why do I have to deal with this, that, and the other spirit? Focus on the fact Jesus has already given you that authority, power, and victory over the enemy, and now rise up and start using it. Amen. Come on, people. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. Start using it. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to verse 20. Let's read it. Then the 70 returned with joy. How many of you know there were 70 disciples before Jesus chose the twelve? Then the 70 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. How are these demons subject to us in Jesus' name? And that doesn't mean just saying, I bind, rebuke and drive this devil out in Jesus' name. Yes, when you pray or when you cast out a devil, you must say in Jesus' name. But it means so much more than that. And if you don't understand what I'm about to tell you, then you won't have the power. You won't even have the faith to bind, rebuke, and drive a devil out. Someone here. What does that mean, in his name? The word in there in the Greek is ice, it's spelled E-I-S. It means to be in one with and intimately connected to the Lord Jesus Christ in a covenant or personal relationship which we are all in with him. His name refers to his person or who he is. Why? Because a person's name Represents and even describes who they are. In some cases, and with some people it does, with others it doesn't so much, but with God, his names reveal who he is, right? So when it says that in your name, in Jesus' name, it means being in one with and intimately connected to him in a covenant, which is the eternal, everlasting, new covenant in his blood. And because of that, Everything Jesus is, we're becoming, and everything he has, we have. So that means because he has total authority, power, and victory over Satan and demons, you too have total authority, power, and victory over Satan and demons. That's what it means. Because you're in one with and intimately connected to him in a covenant or the new covenant in his blood, which is what? It's a marriage, isn't it? It's a marriage, Everyone who's born again is married to Jesus and Jesus is married to them. If you're born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, which you are, then the Holy Spirit is in you, is in one with and intimately connected to you and you to him, and that means you're married to him and he's married to you. And everything he is, you're becoming everything he has, you also have, including authority, power, and victory over Satan and demons. It's like... Any marriage between a man and a woman. When a man and woman become married, everything the man is belongs to his wife, and everything the woman is belongs to her husband. Everything the man has belongs to his wife, everything the woman has belongs to her husband. Because it's a covenant. Why is it, for instance, say when a king marries a common woman, she becomes a queen? She was never a queen. But she suddenly becomes a queen because she marries the king. That's because it's a covenant. And a covenant joins the two people together, so much so they become one, so much so everything the man is and has belongs to his wife and the woman is and has belongs to her husband. Even Paul the Apostle wrote very clearly, the body of the man belongs to his wife and the body of the woman belongs to her husband. Not to use and abuse, but to take care of, to love, to nurture. Are you with me? Is someone following me here? It's the same with Christ and the church, Christ and you and I. Verse 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, he's lost his authority and power, and the Lord's given it to the church. Behold, the word behold means look and see. Behold or look and see. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let's just stop there for a sec. So there Jesus was saying that to his disciples and some may pass that off as being irrelevant today because Jesus said that to the disciples who were walking with him 2,000 years ago. But put up your hand if you're a disciple of Jesus. I said, put up your hand if you're a disciple of Jesus. Not everyone's hands are up. Come on. Put up your hand if you're a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. Well, that means Jesus is saying the same thing to you now. Because he wasn't only talking to the disciples who were walking with him 2,000 years ago. He's saying this to the disciples who are walking with him today, you and I and all believers So this is for you. And he says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, not just some of the power of the enemy, all of the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So Jesus has totally turned it around from the enemy being able to hurt you to you being able to hurt the enemy. Did you know in Christ you can hurt the enemy? You know the word trample there in the Greek means to crush, to bruise or to trample underfoot, to crush, to bruise or trample underfoot. Jesus there is saying in my name, in one with an intimately connected to me, Satan and demons can't harm you, but you can harm them. You are too quiet, people. Give me a better amen. Give me a better one. Yeah." He's saying that to you. That's the problem, church. The church is asleep. The church is slumbering. Come on, people. Get more excited. Get more excited. This is for you. He's saying this to you. You have this. You have this. Let it be real to you. Let it not just be words on a screen or words on the page of a Bible Let it be real to you. Jesus is saying this to you. You have this. Start to use it. I said, start to use it. Stop letting the enemy push you around. It says, on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Yes, one of the things Jesus could be referring to, there are natural serpents and scorpions, but he's referring more to Satan and demons. Why? Because throughout the word, serpents and scorpions are used as metaphors to describe Satan and demons. So there he's referring to Satan and demons. That's very powerful. Very, very powerful. Seeing the enemy wants to keep us ignorant to these things because he knows that if you can get this and you start walking in it and rising up in it, it will be no match for you.